What's going on, everyone? It's Robson here from the Jags Across the Pond official podcast, episode 19. I'm informed by my sidekick, Jamie. Jamie, how you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to everybody. Not doing too bad at all. Just had my meal. How are you doing, Robson? Not too bad. Meal has been uh, put away. Watched a bit of the uh, the early game that's on over here. Uh, as again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody over stateside. Uh, a big day of celebrations to everybody. Hope everyone's well, considering all the coronavirus issues we do have. As you all know, if you are an avid listener of the podcast, we're here to discuss the Jaguars' next opponents, uh, who are the Cleveland Browns. Um, coming off our defeat against the Steelers, they are the same division, the AFC North. Uh, obviously, in playoff contentions, they have a lot to play for. So it does look like the Jags are going to have their work cut out. Um Jamie, I know you're going to touch on the uh, the history of the Jags, and I'm going to dive into their statistics for the year and how they're getting on. But just run us through, obviously, the uh, the backstory to how the Jags and the Browns do fare in the past. Yeah, so um, it's good reading them for us. The Jags actually lead 12-5 overall. Wow. The Jaguars are currently on a three-game win streak against them, so we're going in to maybe get that fourth win. Our last game against them was back in 2017. We all know that notorious 2017 season. We beat a lot of teams. We beat them then 19-7. And the last home game at our ground was in 2014, which was 24-6 to the Jaguars. Overall, points scored. Jaguars have got 382 points to the Browns, 253. Not a lot of history to really talk about. There's no... No real big grudge matches or games within there, to, to be honest. But I think it, it's quite a difficult one to, to even look at the history, to be fair, because the teams have come a long way, especially from the our 2017 season and the Browns 2017-2018 season. Um, we're two completely different teams to where we were three years ago. Like you're going to brush on and you're going to talk about shortly, but obviously the Browns are on a winning record at the moment and going into that playoff spot. And the Jags are really just fighting their way for that best draft pick at the moment, to be honest. So um, that's the that's the history. No, nothing to nothing to wow you with, but yeah, they they're the Browns. They they don't win games. Um, so it's it's <laughs> it's not it's not very good to kind of hear that they're on a winning season, to be honest. Um, but yeah, overall we have them. Super. So obviously, good reading, but obviously, as we all know from the last pod uh, review against the Steelers, we were up in that uh, series of games, but yeah. that didn't turn out the best way we wanted to. But hey ho. So going on to how the Browns look this season, as we've just mentioned, they're in playoff contention. Their division's very, very tight, so a lot's going on for them at the moment. Um, they're without a few players that we're going to probably touch on on both sides of the ball, uh, which is massive and bring big contributors for them so far. Um, but in terms of how they've fared, really, uh, they've obviously got more of a, a running a running attack on offense, uh, which does kind of show in their uh, in their numbers, which is quite which is quite rare. Most of the time, you do see teams have uh, more passing yards uh, than rushing yards, but there's only a 200 yard difference between rushing and passing total yards for the season. Uh, rushing wise, they have Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, um, which I'll touch on a bit later on. Obviously, those two and others combined, they've combined for 1,500 yards rushing on the season um, and total passing yards from Baker Mayfield, which we know is a limited offence in terms of passing the ball uh, as 1,800 yards. 
the big worry for me going into this, and it's very, very noticeable, I've got to talk about it, is they've had 27 sacks on the season. Um, nine and a half of those going to Miles Garrett, um, who I've actually got a bet on to be the uh, defensive player of the year, but we'll just nip mm-hmm. that in there quickly, just a good thing for them. But um, yeah, on that one, 28 touchdowns uh, this season. Um, and quite an eye opener in that sense. It's kind of a, a big one. Um, and quite oddly, they are, in terms of turnovers, uh, they're actually uh, plus six for the year, which is kind of a mad one for me because I know that Mayfield in the past has been renowned for being quite sloppy with the ball, which is quite a mad one. Just some individual statistics for you. Um, BJ Goodson uh, tops their total tackles at 46. As I mentioned there, Miles Garrett, um, nine and a half sacks on the year, which is a massive chunk of their of theirs for the year. The next one down from that is Olivier Vernon with five. So Miles Garrett, I know going on a COVID list um, earlier this year, I know you might probably touch on that in terms of their defence going into the next segment, but he's going to be a big issue um, for other teams, obviously not for us because of what's gone on, but massively going forward. Then they've got BJ Goodson and Denzel Ward tied for interceptions um, at two apiece with uh, Ronnie Harrison, a former Jack. We got rid of him for a fifth rounder earlier in the year. Uh, he's also got one interception. And obviously, we both know that Odell Beckham Jr. is their main target. Obviously, he's out injured for the season. So Jarvis Landry tops their receiving yards at 471, which oddly enough then has Beckham uh, second on 319, uh, which is quite a mad one considering, obviously, he's been out for a fair while. There's just some basic stats for you there, really. Um, going into it, James, before we get into the next seven, obviously, in terms of touching on both sides of the ball, um, just overall, obviously, with everything that happened last week, we were kind of confident we'd see a good bit of show, which we did against the Steelers. But overall, before we do go into it, what's your concerns? What's your worries going into this week's match against another strong opponent, really? Yeah, I'm very worried. And obviously, I'm going to talk a bit about um, the offence and then going to give the opportunity to talk about the defence and how um, how they can kind of fare and come out this week. Um, the biggest issue for me is the Browns actually have a top 10 defence as well this season. When you look at all of their stats, they do sit in the top 10 for majority of the stats. I mean, they're not as good as the Steelers. However, they are still up there pretty high. Um, and what we'll do is I'll talk about what what issues we've got on our offence this week. So firstly, to mention, if you had seen on our social pages, Mike Glennon is going to be our starting quarterback this week. The guy who has been around the NFL for seven years now hasn't had a starting position job since 2017 back when he was at the Bears so we are doomed as as they <laughs> but we never know he might come out and he might come out and surprise us but when you hear my predictions a little bit later on I'm not predicting that's going to happen whatsoever so unfortunately we also have a few injuries probably just to mention just first um, so at the time of recording, obviously it's Thursday afternoon, we haven't seen today's injury report just yet. But looking at our injuries so far, um, as of yesterday, which again was reported on our socials, we had um, LaVisca Chenault, who was on limited practice this week again. Obviously Minshew, we've just said about Mike Glennon starting, Minshew is likely to kit up and be there as a backup where required, but they're not expecting to pop Minshew into play this week. We've also had DJ Chark was out of practice yesterday, 
Chris Conley, another wide receiver, was out of practice yesterday. And also a couple of O-line issues, which we've also reported this week. So Andrew Norwell and Cam Robinson, a couple of issues, meaning that they didn't obviously practice yesterday as well. And then also just to top it all off, the issues with our top two tight ends as well. So James O'Shaughnessy and Tyler Eifert were both unlimited practice as well so what what offense does that actually leave us this week and at the moment if all of those were to be out and working on day by day not a lot really unfortunately um we still have obviously keelan cole who's available with maybe we can see colin johnson coming back um and i would i would like to see lavisca coming back this week as well he's had a few weeks off now and hopefully it was just a bit of protocol that it was unlimited practice um yesterday um, but going by that, it's not a very good read. It means we're going to be putting a, a big chunk and a big workload on James Robinson again, which the fear for me is if, if we don't want to be overrunning this guy and overworking this guy. Um, with Mike Glennon coming in, he is going to be looking at that run game a lot more because that's going to be his confidence barrier. Um, sorry, his comfort barrier, sorry. And we're going to see um, quite a few pressures coming on. So looking at the Browns, like you said, 27 sacks on the season so far. They're currently ranked eighth of all defences to on 27 sacks. Also picking up 56 tackle for losses and going alongside those tackle for losses, obviously QB pressures as well, which has resulted in nine interceptions, which puts them in the top 10. And also... They are ranked second for forced fumbles with 11 forced fumbles on the season. So we are facing a a big, hard-hitting defence, very similar to what we came up against last week. And we know what issues we had last week. We just didn't manage to move the ball at all on offence. So if we want things to click, obviously we are going to have to use the heart of our game, which again is James Robinson. But we also need to be looking at some form of play actions. So they're not constantly just stuffing James Robinson in the backfield because that is likely to happen. And as we can see from the Browns records this season, they are going to be pretty good on their um, their run defence. I think they average 105 yards a game in total, which is obviously pretty good for them. I think that was very similar to what the Steelers normally let up as well when we reviewed their stats last week as well. So looking at our our top line guys, obviously I've I've had a quick look, a little bit of a rundown, and even though we are ranked one and nine, the Browns are ranked um, seven and three this season. We actually um, all of our offensive players actually recall um, better stats, better top line stats than their top three guys. So our leading um, passer, our leading quarterback is Minshew, even though he's played three games less, he has more passing yards then at Mayfield this season. And then Robinson, obviously, is leading rusher. And DJ Chark is leading receiver for us. And he also has the lead over the Browns as well. I mean, that doesn't mean a lot necessarily. That just means that the Browns pass the ball out a lot more to a, a lot more different people. So especially, obviously, in the, in the run game, see they have two big tanks, two big weapons, which I think you're going to pick up on in a moment when you talk about the defence as well um so robinson is the second highest graded rookie running back this season 
and he is actually number two in runs of 10 yard plus this season. So we are going to be looking for some explosive runs and some explosive um, breakouts from him again this week if we're going to move this ball on offence. Uh, it is going to be a difficult ask and it is going to be tough for us, but there is uh, maybe a little bit of light as the Browns are also hit with quite a few injuries as well this week. Um, there was an announcement that came out last night slash this morning that the Browns have started COVID protocols again. They haven't announced who is potentially going on that list at the moment and who has tested positive, but that could mean a few issues like the Jaguars are also facing this week. Talking of just one defender from the Browns, Mr. Ronnie Harrison. He was, I think he was either out yesterday or he was limited practice. So maybe we'll get to see him on the field against us this week. Maybe he'll chicken out and not want to play against us. <laughs> but it's going to be it's going to be a pretty tough game and a pretty tough ask for us. I'll leave my predictions till the end. I'll let you have a, a bit of a talk about the defence first and what they've got to do this week if they want to compete well. Well, as you just said there, mate, it's um, for the defence going into this week. And you just read off the injury report there and some of the injuries. I've just looked at it now. Even worse. Yeah. They've got they've got 20, the Browns have got 20 players uh, on their report from yesterday and only three of them are on the offence. So that just shows to you that their offence will be more yeah. than ready to go. Some of them have, have, uh, didn't have practice. Obviously, they, their rookie, Jedrick Wills, uh, was out with illness. But obviously Jack Conklin and JC Tretter, two mainstays on their on their O line, they were limited. So it looks like they'll be back. But just looking at that, having three or four players out of that on the injury report, it shows that their offense will be firing. And we all know the reason why. Um, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they're the the best running back duo, shall we say, um, uh, in the league at the moment. Obviously, kind of for me, overshadowed in a way by James Robinson. Uh, he's third overall in the whole NFL uh, as a rookie. Uh, obviously, you've got Kareem Hunt down in ninth and Nick Chubb in 14th, which, again, respectable for both of them. But we just both know their offence uh, revolves around the running game. And obviously, Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, has made that uh, very well known in terms of how they go about their offence. Um, as you mentioned there, Mintry's got better stats than Baker Mayfield. I think he's only thrown for about 1,800 yards. Um, and Mintry's thrown the same. And as, as you said, three games less. So... Yeah. Shows that they're taking the ball out of his hands and giving it to these these two cowbell running backs that are full of various different um, skill sets and different techniques and stuff like that they can do. But they've combined for 1,200 uh, rushing yards uh, between them this year. So mm-hmm. vast difference from what that was already on. That's a massive, massive chunk that the Jags have got to look out for. And it's quite annoying for me. And I don't know about you, but I feel we've done so well against the run. But this year we've gone up against some horrid running backs and some teams that can run the ball. I think it's kind of like hit us at the wrong time, really. Because um, I think if you if you took this back to 2017 and put this this front uh, against the run in 2017, we probably would do really well again there if it was just based on that. So that's a bit of a kick in the teeth. Um, overall, in terms of receiving, they don't really overwhelm me, to be honest with you. Um, as I said earlier on, uh, Odo Beckham Jr. is out for the year. So Landry is their number one. Um, they've got a few others, like Rashad Higgins as well, who just pop up here and there. But I purely feel... They'll only really go to the run, uh, to the pass if they struggle with the run. But having two of them, I think it's going to be really tricky for the Jags to game plan um, accordingly to that. And obviously, we know this week's going to be a really weird one because obviously, earlier in the week, we knew that the Jags were 
had most of their defensive coaches uh, out of the building for coronavirus uh, reasons. So that was a massive, massive worry on that side of it. Um, obviously, hearing today that Chris Claybrooks is going to be out another cornerback, uh, which isn't great. Um, not too short updates in terms of anyone else uh, in that position, but we are looking very thin uh, going forward. Obviously, Daniel Thomas as well, another secondary man uh, who's done some good things, uh, and it's been very, very positive seeing that. One good thing about it, I don't know if he's going to have much accent as, uh, at the weekend as we think, but Avery Jones has come back off um, IR as well, which is huge for that interior D-line where most of them are going to see a lot of action, let's put it that way. Uh, he was the coach this week. Sorry? Avery Jones was a coach this week. He was coaching well, the defensive coaches around. That's crazy, isn't it? Like you, you've got to play a, a veteran player for having to fill in as coach. It's just meant yeah. it that way. But he'd be a massive asset for us if we could get him on the field. Because obviously, we've, me and you have spoken about Daywood Hamilton's been awesome. Taven Bryan stepped up a little bit. And overall, that whole front four has been massive. Obviously, we're going to miss Josh Allen, which is a, a massive, massive loss. I don't care what anyone says. Um, he's going to be really, really missed, especially on the edge, trying to stop that run, um, which we know is going to be quite heavy. I do notice that they do like to run towards the edge, uh, which, again, I think that's going to be a problem. Chase, I think, will have a lot of action because... He's quite involved on the edge of the line. Um, I think he could have a more of a, a senior role in terms of stepping up and trying to really stop them gaining down the field and making a making a dent on us. Um, but overall, I think although they have a really underwhelming uh, receiver court, the amount of injuries we've got at that position and in the safety that just worries me completely. And we need to have some sort of miracle. So I do think we'll see a lot of uh, a lot of play actions from them also. Uh, obviously, Kevin Stefanski coming from the Vikings and obviously Kirk Cousins, he worked well with him and Davin Cook to get him in the play action, the bootlegs and stuff like that. So I think Mayfield will probably see that quite a bit, as I do think the Jags probably will sell out on the run, um, although we are very weak in that aspect. So that, hope well, hopefully doesn't pull us apart too much, but I think it's going to cause us massive, massive problems. Um, but overall, we just need to look at it as we're kind of on bare bones. This week of prep has been... I think for a professional standard, would probably be terrible in terms of how it all how it's all gone about. Granted, the Browns have had an issue, as you just mentioned earlier on um, in the pod, that they've got some issues in terms of players having it and whatnot. Various precautions, so I think it could be a case of which teams game plan better um, for us to honest with you. But I think they do in terms of how they go about it. They kind of play to our strengths in terms of we are fairly good at stopping the run. We're used to going up against. Horrible running backs, obviously. This obviously James Conner last week, he was a, a bit of a handful. We have Derek Henry in our division. Obviously, the Colts also have Jonathan Taylor and Hines and people like that. So we're not shy of going up against those sort of people, uh, and we won't do for the rest of the year with how the schedule looks. So I don't know if you've got anything to touch on that, mate. But as, as I say, in terms of predictions, we'll get to that at the end. But it's looking very, very bleak this week, and I'm kind of thinking, in terms of my predictions, what score I'm actually going to go for and stuff like that, because. I was very optimistic we'd get some points on the board last week and we ended up with only a field goal to show, so that was quite embarrassing. But what do you think going into this week on the defensive side, mate? Yeah, I, I really do not know what to think. It is so right. difficult to judge. Um, obviously, our biggest weakness this week is going to be our secondary. So our cornerback and safety is a big issue this week. But that is not a strength, a necessary strength of the Cleveland Browns. So... I don't know how they're going to come out and pan and play this out. Um, they may come and try to sling the ball a little bit more to, as they know that's going to be our biggest weakness because we are not just playing rookies now. We are playing second-hand rookies, if you know what I mean. We are 
we are playing people right down that pecking order now. I mean, we picked someone up off waivers yesterday. I don't know if he's going to be good enough to come out and play for us on Sunday. Um, it's it's quite difficult to predict what's going to happen. If they do want to come and play that run game, for me, let's bring it. Bring it on. Yeah. Um, I think our, our defensive line um, will be OK at handling that. And obviously also with Schobert and Miles Jack, providing they obviously stick to their game plan and how they've been playing this year, I, I think they, they can keep that under under 100, under 120 yards between the two of them, easy. Um, I think where the Browns are going to come out this week is they're going to look at throwing that ball a little bit more because I don't think there is any threat at the back there that is going to is going to help and benefit the Jaguars. I think the only guy who's probably played all season, um, who started the season, sorry, is probably Wingard, um, started at the beginning of the year. He's probably the only guy that's now out there, but obviously he's only recently just come back off injury reserve. So. Yeah how fit he really is and we know he can also be a liability at at some points as well so um i'm quite i'm quite nervous and i'm i'm really i really don't know how to predict this game um so what i'll do is i'll just say my kind of predictions for the um jaguar's offense and my overall score for the day on sunday um again it's not very very good reading not very good listening so um, the the Browns have actually been in some really high scoring games this season. However, their last three games have been pretty low scoring. Um, so we're hoping we're going to stay closer to that end, like especially a couple of weeks back. Um, but I know it was terrible weather against the Texans when they came out with that narrow victory 10-7 two weeks ago. Um, but my prediction, unfortunately, this week is going to be Mike Glennon under 200 yards. <laughs> under 200 passing yards, unfortunately. Um, and that's for two factors, really. That's not just necessarily putting it straight on Mike Glennon because he is he is coming in at a very difficult time. It's coming at a time where the fan base is very split on whether we want to win, whether we don't to win, and also picking up all these injuries. Like, all these, all these guys that are potentially out this week, he's not having the opportunity to practice and train with them all this week as the starting quarterback. I mean, because he would have had limited reps, especially being behind the likes of Luton and obviously behind the likes of Lynch yeah. all season. So he would have had limited kind of starting reps. Um, so he may struggle with getting that connection with the likes of Keelan Cole and whoever else is going to be playing wide receiver this week because I'm not 100% sure and sold on the fact that DJ Chark is going to be out playing this week and also the same for Conley and obviously LaVisca and stuff as well. Obviously, also we've got a bit of the issue with the tight ends, like I mentioned. Also, if both of those are out, we're going to be playing rookie tight ends again. Also, which also means another another couple of guys that have not had that kind of connection with Mike Glennon. So, unfortunately, Glennon, I feel that you're going to throw for under 200 yards this week. And also um, a little bit of a shock, but it did happen last week as well. I don't think Robinson is going to get his 100 yard game again this week. Um, I can feel him falling short of 100 yards again, just due to the fact that we're playing a very good defence, a very good um, defence that like to stuff the run, um, great at sacks, tackle for losses. So they're going to be on that edge, on that line to um, stop Robinson getting anywhere. And the main problem for that, again, no, nothing on Robinson at all. The main problem is we don't have anybody else who can run the ball. So last week, we against the Steelers, we're playing the best, pretty much the best defence in the league. And only Robinson rushed the whole game. We didn't even try with anybody else. Mm. So it, it, it kind of becomes a little bit obvious. 
Um, I just hope he can just come out of these these few weeks and picking up no injuries and he, see at the end of the season he gets his thousand rushing yards, not total scrimmage yards, but one thousand rushing yards, and he has a real fight and a real contention of definitely making it to the Pro Bowl and also in that ballot for that um, def- um offensive rookie of the year basically. So overall, that leaves me with my score prediction. It's not a very pretty one. It's not a very nice one. But I'm going with the score 30 to the Browns and 10 to the Jaguars. Don't ask me where we're getting this 10 from. I don't know who's going to score it. I can't <laughs> have it, but um, I can see a score. Um, so us losing 30 to 10. We are going in as bookies underdogs of 6.5 points. And kind of the predictions over at the bookies when you put the numbers together is a 28-21 win for the Browns but I can see it being a bit of a bigger blowout than that so 30 to 10 what are you saying Robson just on those bookie odds mate I don't know who they've got reported in the NFL all these games but like that guy just must not have a clue in terms of that score because I just can't see it being that that close anyway that like for me that's really close and as me and you've just said there I just can't see it but we'll get to that in terms <laughs> of just some in just terms of some, some players that's into the team stats really um I think it's going to be a really interesting game. I really, really do. I think um, I think overall it's going to be a case of, as I've said, we've just got to plug that run. Um, and I think we've got to try and work it out how we want to try and do that. So I'm going to go that we're going to give up no more than 150 rushing yards. Obviously, we both know that Hunt and Chubb are in their side. It's the main part of their game. So if we keep them to 150 yards or less, I think that's a massive achievement for the team. Um, I think overall we're going to see... Um, I think we could see in terms of how they run the ball to the edge, especially. I think Kayvon and Chason could have a, quite a big game. So I'm going to go for him to top tackles on the day. Wow. Probably okay. very unlikely. But I think in terms of how they run the ball, I think he could be very involved on the edge. Um, I think he'll try and favour this, uh, obviously the strong side in terms of where they're going to pull the line and stuff like that. So I think he could be able to have a really good, well, a big day in that aspect. So And obviously with Josh Allen not being there, he's going to be the vocal point on the edge to try and stop them from really, really uh, dominating us. Just from the Browns' point of view, and obviously the passing game, Baker Mayfield only averages 53% pass completion this year. So that, and I think he averages around 11 completions every 25 attempts, which is really nothing. It just shows how much they run the ball and how inconsistent he is, really. Um, I know that we're going to be very, very, very tight and thin in terms of numbers, uh, especially on the secondary, as we've both mentioned. But um, I can see Mayfield to, uh, to throw under 200 yards on the day. I know they don't really go with my predictions in terms of the run in the past, but I think if, if we're going to try and formulate a point of being making this close and making this respectable, we've got to shut down both aspects. One, because they don't really pass the ball a lot, and obviously they run a ball a lot. So I think that number in terms of the rushing like, total of 150 yards, I've said, is quite reasonable and realistic. And I think because they don't really throw the ball very much, uh, I think Mayfield under 200 yards is probably a good one, as I don't think he, I think he averages around 175, 180 a game anyway. So that's uh, the the overall one for me there. Um, in terms of score, yeah, I know you said you don't know where those 10 points are coming from. I have the Jags getting in even even less points than that. I'm not saying it's on Mike Glennon. As you said, it's not all going to be down to him. Uh, everything else has got to click. Uh, but I'm going to go for 24-6 uh, to six to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Um, I can't even see us getting a touchdown. If I'm honest, I can't really see us getting near the, near the red zone. So um, that could be a tricky one. And I think... As field goals seem to go in at the moment for the Jags, uh, I'm going to stick with that and hopefully uh, we'll see a few go over 
and that would be the only way really for me that I could see us getting any points uh, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, quite a worrying one, if I'm honest with you, mate. But um, as you know, we try and come on here and give everyone an optimistic review or preview of everything. So, but I know we're now in the business end of hoping last week the Jets would have won so it made that number one spot a little bit closer. I know that you put a post out earlier in the week saying obviously we're cemented for number two. So, but obviously the main aim is to try and keep as high a pick as possible going into next year. But I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on at all, mate, for this game. Um, that's obviously no. in that aspect. So I'll leave it all to you. No, just keep it. The, let's get back to the positivity. It's Thanksgiving <laughs> weekend. Anybody who celebrates that, maybe there'll be a surprise um, as it's Thanksgiving weekends, they might give us a, a little bit of surprise. We are at home, so game could be a little bit different. So I think it's going to be a very close game. I think that's really it. That's perfect. So obviously, obviously, as we said there, everyone stateside, we hope you all stay safe. Um, I don't know if you want to run through the, um, the socials and whatnot, mate, but obviously from me, glad to be back on again uh, with Jamie doing another preview. Hopefully, as you say there, we get a bit of Thanksgiving miracle and hopefully the Jags put in just a half-decent performance. I'm not even asking for a win, just a half-decent performance for something for me to talk about and not moan about in the group chats that I'm in. So obviously, I'll leave the rest to Jamie, but that's all from me. We'll see you next time. Yep, so you all know us very well now and where all of our bits and bobs are. But just again, it's facebook.com forward slash Jags ATP or the Twitter handle is at JaguarsGB. If you'd like to send us an email, then it's gmail.com slash JagsATP. And also just keep an eye out as I have currently mocked up a little design for a Christmas hoodie and maybe a long sleeve t-shirt that could be used as like a pajama t-shirt or something. Just mocked up those designs now and they're looking at possibly getting printed this weekend. So we'll be going live on the socials probably mid next week because we need to get the orders in pretty soon if we wanted to get those in for the Christmas week games. So as Robson said, that's him concluded for the day. And that's also a goodbye from me. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. And I will speak to you all again soon. Bye bye.